1: What kinds of qualities should we as godly fathers have? Listen in today as Pastor Draper speaks from the subject, The Qualities of a Righteous Father. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You felt perfect about, perfectly about everybody. You felt right, correct all the time. No temptation entered your mind that stayed there a moment too long. And you're going to sit in the church today as if you are holy roly? I don't think so. When you identify that that thought is not of God, you capture that thought. And by the, you arrest that thought. And the, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you kick that thought out by the power of God. If you don't, you're going to be a messed up man, a messed up woman. And it all starts in the mind. Another quality of a godly and righteous father is this. Number four, a righteous father takes pleasure in bringing his family to the house of God. It's sheer delight for you to bring your family to the house of God. Psalms 26, 8 says, Lord, I love the inhabitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Every time you have an opportunity to go into the house of the Lord, you ought to be thankful. You see, my friends, a sure sign of spiritual regression is when you attend church only when it's convenient to you. Only when the spurs lose out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God dismiss them sooner because y'all can't pray uh, you stay home and miss church. Won't come to communion. Won't come to anything. Uh, the spurs are on. The spurs is not your savior. You at church now. The spurs are gone. You only attend ch- church when it, when you when you're in a crisis. Your your family's in a mess, or you attend on a special day like Easter, Mo- Mother's Day, Father's Day, or some baby blessing or dedication. If you don't have a made up mind to gather with God's people. With, with an assembly of believers in the Lord's house on the Lord's day, you'll not get here with so much competing with the church today. There's so much stuff to keep you from coming to church if you don't have a made-up mind to come into the house of God to worship God with the people of God on the Lord's day. There's a lot to keep you at home, including your pillow. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking of assembling of ourselves together and is the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I've never met my wife and I when we were just touring all around uh, uh, Europe I've never met so many people that said I don't believe in the institution of church. So they kept saying I don't believe I don't believe you have to go to church. I say, what? What? Listen, uh, the church, going to church is not an option. Going to worship God in the house of God is a command of God. We need to obey his commandments. Your children don't have an option whether they want to go to school or not. And there are consequences if they don't. Listen, there are consequences if you don't take being a good attendee in the house of God, if you don't take that, To heart, in obedience, God will chasten those he loved because of your negligence of absenteeism. Won't y'all say amen? Another quality of a righteous man, a righteous man and father will teach his children the Bible and model Christ before them. A righteous man will will teach his children the Bible and model Christ before them. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart and all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord, your God, in Horeb, When the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words. That they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. That is your responsibility is to teach your children the word of God. Fathers, I'd like to ask you a question. When is the last time you opened the Bible and read the scripture to your children? That ought to be a daily practice before they before they go to bed at night, in the morning, noonday, or whenever you have that time available. Reading the word of God to your children is the most critical thing you can do. Praying over your children is the most spiritual, the most spiritual thing you can do. Laying hands on them, touching them, praying, reading the scriptures. As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, letting them read the scriptures to you if they're old enough to read. And when they stop on those words, help them with the words. And they say, now read that passage again and read it again. They'll remember that the balance of their days, should they stray, they'll have something to come back to. But if you do not put nut in them, in them, what do they have to come back to? In other words, a, a righteous man is a role model for his children and lives an exemplary life with the attributes of Christ, teaching his children truth from error in a relativistic culture that says there's no right or wrong, there's no absolutes when they've just stated an absolute. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 and 19 says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You ought to be constantly giving your children the word of God. It's their only hope. Number six, what is, what is the quality of a righteous man, a righteous father? A righteous man will not, and a righteous husband will not dishonor his wife. He is a one woman's man. He's not flirtatious. He's not saying one thing to his wife and doing another behind his wife's back. Men, we cannot be abusive physically. We cannot be abusive verbally. You can't be harsh and hollering and screaming all over the house and slamming doors. Your children must not be afraid of you, and your wife must not be be constantly wondering what are you going to do next. You must not have a judgmental spirit, being insensitive, irresponsible, controlling like a little dictator in the house, demeaning and disrespectful to your family, to your wife, and expect God to answer your prayer and for you to have divine favor. Don't expect divine favor. Expect a whipping that's what you expect. You can't just mop your family over the floor like with a mop, and then say, "Lord, bless me and help me." God says, "I'm gonna strike you down." First Peter three seven says, "Husbands, say husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding." Takes time to understand that wife, man. She's not easy to figure out either. It takes. It, she's not easy to figure out. Takes a while to learn her. I've been married 34 years, and I'm still learning. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You want to get your prayer through? Treat your family right. Don't be flirtation. Keep your hands to yourself. keep Keep your eyes straight. You look. Listen. Sometimes you can't help what you see that first time, but when you turn your head, that's on purpose you've already messed up number seven a righteous man will not set any ungodly thing before his eyes a righteous man will not set any ungodly thing before his eyes. Psalms one nineteen thirty seven says, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. In other words we must not allow ourselves to become addicted and enslaved to the sin of pornography. It is rampant in the world. It is sweeping. It is sweeping uh, the nations right off their feet. My wife and I was looking at television over in Europe, and here come all these buck naked folk right on TV in a commercial. And I said, "Is this where America's going? But not an ounce of clothes on in a commercial." And if we don't stand up and fight, that's, the, that's where America is going. It's already in Europe. And it's, it's coming this way. Matter of fact, it's not coming. It's already here. We must not allow ourselves to become addicted and enslaved to the sin of pornography and explicit entertainment. You'll be surprised of how many people in leadership of the church, how many pastors and deacons, and how many folk who sing in the choir and usher, who count the funds. Who have a Bible. Who know the truth. And you've opened yourself up to pornography. And you're struggling some terribly. Even now. You say well pastor that's me. I want to tell you what. Don't you stop fighting. The best way to fight pornography. When you start struggling. Start reading. Start praying. Start talking to God. Until God breaks the chains of pornography. Join us today as Pastor Draper continues the message, The Qualities of a Righteous Father. We'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You see, uh, 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Sexual sexual immorality, wars against the soul, pornography, wars against the soul, being flirtatious and doing little things, wars against the soul, thinking on thoughts that are immoral even though you haven't committed the act. You've already committed adultery in your heart, which wars against the soul. Number eight, a righteous father knows how to de-stress, relax, and laugh with his family. A righteous father knows how to de-stress, relax, and laugh with his family. Proverbs fifteen thirteen a says, "A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance." Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, "A merry heart does good; a merry heart is like medicine." But a broken spirit drives the home, drives the bones. You know what? What's, what's so healthy for a home is to see dads and mamas too start laughing again. I mean, sometimes some homes, the the, the family is afraid to laugh because one person is so serious and always so, so much of until what you what's so funny. My problem said, "Why can't you laugh sometimes? You set your home at ease when you laugh." Just when is the last time? You, I pray that God put the spirit of laughter in you. That you laugh so hard you fall on the floor. That you lose a sense of dignity. You ever laugh so hard you cry? You ever laugh so hard you crunched over? And every time you thought about it, you burst out again? It is my prayer. That some of you all, listen, that's that's like medicine. That's why y'all, instead of taking all the medicine, when was the last time you said, Lord, help me to laugh? Help me to laugh. Your children to laugh. Number nine, a righteous father is an affectionate father. Listen to this one closely. A righteous father is a what? An affectionate father. What families are starving for is an affectionate father. We fathers must make sure that our families are not deprived of what love truly is. Is so little affection in a home until the home is in a famine for affection. Uh, uh, no, no affection. You don't kiss your children. Matter of fact, when's the last time you kissed your child? You so man I mean, I'm doing that. where you get that from? Who told you that? Is that the world? Is that that machoism? Is that that more you and your pride? I don't don't kiss. Listen, you need to learn how to appropriately hug your children and even kiss them in a healthy, appropriate way. That's why a lot of girls go looking for love in the wrong places because that daddy haven't taught them what true love really is. That's right. That's right. And that's why that, that new husband who now have children uh, is making a mess in that home and beating down that wife It's because he's never seen affection in that home. That man has never been hugged. That man has never been kissed. That man has never been prayed over. That man has never been sung to. That man has never had the scripture read to them. And, 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 Daddy, I want to tell you right now, you need to ask God to help you hug your children in an appropriate, loving way to the glory of God. Your girl ought to not wait till she get, her, get the first boyfriend come her way, and then they hug her inappropriately, and they end up in, you end up in a big mess because they haven't seen true love in the house. You hear what I'm saying? I want you to hear me well. There needs to be some genuine, appropriate, healthy affection in the home to the glory of God. You say you've anywhere in the Scripture. Well, in the case of the prodigal son, in Luke fifteen twenty, the Scripture says that that boy he, he he had run away from home and you know he, he went with with his goodies, made a mess, lost everything. Y'all know the account. And then uh, he came to himself in the hog pen, and he decided to go back home. And, and the scripture says in Luke 15 20, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd been gone a while. That looked like Johnny. Now, if your name is Johnny, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> that looked like Johnny. I know that walk. Yeah, he got that receding hairline, that's him. That boy was coming. And before, and look, and he didn't just leave the house. That, that man, that daddy began to run toward that son. And that son started running toward that daddy. And all of a sudden, they, uh, the, the, the daddy had compassion. The scripture says, uh, saw him and had compassion. Where you been? You took all your money. You're going and prostituted away. Now you're coming home. Just look at yourself. You make me sick. I ain't doing nothing for you later. Make your bed hard, lay in it is that you man where is your compassion where is your love why is it that you want mercy but you can't extend mercy his father saw him and had compassion and he ran and you know what and he, they, they, they were, they, it was such a force when they met until they f- fell off balance, and the daddy end up on top of his son, kissing his son neck in such delight of having seen him after being gone so long. Compassion, underline that in that passage. Compassion. The daddy ran. The daddy fell on his neck, and the daddy kissed him. Your son ought not ever get so grown that he can't be kissed. Your daughter ought not ever get so grown that she can't be kissed. And I wanted to lay on that part a while because we are doing our family a disservice when they don't see authentic affection in the home. I'm almost done. A righteous man is willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation for his family. A righteous man is willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation for his family. He's willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation for his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. You say, where is that? In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, it says, and I love And arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your houses. And you all, the agenda of America today is to strip the home Of everything of spiritual significance in that house. Anything that's Christ in it. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know what he's doing? He is stripping our families down to nothing. While we just go on and try to make another dollar. Watch another sports game and play some technological gadget. And when you wake up, it's too late. Psalms 11.3 says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now I know as I conclude that there are fathers here today who have been irresponsible by radio and television, I know that. And you who sit here in the congregation today there you men out there. You've been very hard. As a matter of fact, you've been difficult to deal with. You've been insensitive. You've been prideful. You've been far too angry. Your face show it. Your attitude show it. Your demeanor show it. You just mean. Some of your daddies, You've been abusive to the detriment of your family. And your family is either near separation or perhaps they are all, you're already divorced. But I want to tell you something. If you repent and if you cry out to God, if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, if you seek his forgiveness and the forgiveness of those you hurt and allow God to transform your life, God is able to heal you today, man. Daddy, God is able to restore with the locusts of Eden. Men, God is able to put the broken pieces of your life back together again. I pose a question that was asked from the scripture. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Is there any hope for you even now? Even in the midst of the ashes? Even though you made a mess in your family? Is there any hope for you Yes. I submit to you today, God is still a miracle working God. And I'm gonna tell you I'm a fool enough to believe in miracles. How many of you believe in miracles today? How many of you know God has a come through God? How many know that God is able? To rescue your family. How many of you know that God is able to put the broken pieces back together again? How many of you have seen the grace of God evident in your life? When you knew you were the biggest fool on this side of the Mississippi River. But God had patience with you. He was long-suffering. And he kept you in spite of yourself. Gentlemen, have been wiped out. But the grace of God kept you. And held you. You're not here today because you've been that good. You're here today because... You've been redeemed. You've been saved. You don't cuss your family out anymore. And you love them with a Christ-like love. And you're there at home. And you bring that paycheck home. You don't have all these sideline bank accounts that your spouse don't know about. Because you're trying to feed two families. I'm doing good when I feed one. That's why you better save yourself. You better believe in abstinence. Let me tell you something, man. It's cheaper to keep her. I'm telling you, it is expensive. I don't care how nice that attorney is. He's gonna be nice. He' gonna give you counsel, but you got to divvy up the funds. And then you, you go around and you have one baby out of wedlock. Here come another one. And you don't even have uh, uh, minimum wage, some of you. As a matter of fact, when you get through paying out everybody else, you can't even pay your own house, no. Let me tell you something. Sin takes you further than you want to go. And it keeps you longer than you want to stay. And the wages of sin... Is death. How many men. Are in an early grave now. Because they were not like Noah. And obeyed God. And allowed God. To bless him. And shut him in. And all God's children said. Father we thank you for the message. Oh God. Help us to come back to you today God so many have made a mess But we realize the church Is a spiritual hospital For those who are hurting For those who are in crisis For those who need help You've been listening to Rander Draper Pastor of Maranatha Bible Church Located in Converse, Texas As you can see, the Bible has the answer to everything we face in this life if we are willing to take heed and apply it. God's Word is true and will not fail us. We fail if we choose to handle these matters our way instead of God's way. Only when we handle these matters God's way do we find complete peace and rebuilding of relationships that can be or have been destroyed. If you have been blessed by this type of teaching by Pastor Rander Draper,